Uh, the song's called Mound of Clay by Charlie Feathers. It's a great <laughs> freaking song. It's also a lost song. Found like the the album was. Oh, it never was like it never was like put out. I think. That's cool. All right, give it a little clappy clap. All right, guys, we're here with probably the most anticipated guest we've had this whole time. Andrew, what's your middle name? Lee. Andrew Lee. Sink. Sink. My my arch junior. Was <laughs> your dad's name Andrew Lee Sink for real? Yep. I didn't know that. Same name. Does he go by Andy? He does go by Andy. Oh, um, such I a good nickname. It's such. I feel like that name kind of calls for it. You know. Yeah, you have to be an Andy. Mm. Do you think that you're an Andy? No. What is? What do you think it takes to be an Andy? <laughs> That's a good question. And then the other the other end. The other shortening is Drew. I think I like Drew better. I think I could peg you as a Drew before I could peg you as an Andy. Definitely. I just, I have a nephew now, and I'm Uncle Drew. Wow. Do you know who else is Uncle Drew? Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving in one of the best YouTube. The movie was terrible, but the YouTube videos were awesome. Do you have a special affinity for it now? Mm -mm. Okay. I've actually never seen it. Oh, wow. Never mind them. Okay. So what do you got for me? <laughs> and have you explained why we're enemies? I haven't. I've made brief mention, I think, in another episode of, of you. So mm. for, for the listeners, um, Andrew and I are nemesises. We um, found, a, found a hatred for one another in college. We're from rival... Deep. Rival fraternities, um, and the deepest rivalry. There might be other fraternities on campus, but I only acknowledge two of them, and I'm in one, and you're in the other. Um, we we found competition in the social circles. Mm-hmm. Um, we've we've both insulted one another's families. Mm. Yep, and we we sort of found ourselves even. In post grad, being competitors at um, <laughs> at other insurance agencies, fighting for fighting for the to same, be clear, same things. Our friendships <laughs> really started by randomly flicking each other off, saying mean stuff to each other. It was like this big bit. My favorite, my favorite, it was bits. a bit. Yeah, great bit. I didn't know you. I commit to the bit. I didn't know you, and my favorite thing was I would walk up to like a group of people on campus somewhere, and you would like stand, you would step in front of me to exclude me from the social yes. circle, and that was one of my favorite things that you did. Yep. I was like, yeah, that is hilarious. Wow. Actually, very self-aware, very aware of the social setting. Mm. I think before we go on anymore, I think Andrew needs to tell us what we need to know about him. That's yeah. I, I was giving a little bit of setup for. Not necessarily what do we need to know about you. What do our listeners need to know about you? Why are you here? Who are you? Let's see. Um, I don't know. I'm going to say some random stuff about me, and hopefully that paints a picture. Okay. I listen to Morgan Wallen. I feel like that's telling. So okay. One artist on Spotify. Right? Wow. It's Who is that? It's just 
not even worth getting into. Okay. Is it you would hate him is, it, is all you need to know. Is it I, I would hate him. That's all I need to know. <laughs> okay. Is it Morgan Wallen or Morgan Whalen? Both. Mm. No, actually, I'm thinking of Waylon Jennings. Mm. That's okay, a missed so opportunity. Morgan Wallen. He could have named himself Waylon something. Um, like I said, I'm someone who commits to the bit. Yeah. I love random jokes. You got to ask a better question than tell us about yourself. Mm. Well, I did ask a better question. I said, what do we need to know about you? And you have said mm. that you like, uh, you commit to the questions. bit. You love trivia questions. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Um, what is the top, like the most popular Christmas song of all time based upon um, what were the statistics? This is a trivia question. I asked Steven yesterday, what is the best selling Christmas best selling. song? Of all time. Wow. Copies sold. Copies sold. Do you have any Myers. guesses, Myers? If the, hey, this is going to be crazy if he gets it. It's not It's not what you think it's it'll be, the, but you're it's not. not Mariah Carey song. Nope. No, it's not what you think it'll be, but you're not going to be surprised when you figure out. I'm not going to think about it that long because I, I don't guesses. think I would get out. there. One guess. Go. Um... I can't think of I can't even think of any titles to be honest with. Is it like is it one of the Nat, didn't Nat King Cole? Okay, there it is. Uh, it is it is Nat King Cole adjacent. It is by Bing Crosby. Bing Crosby. Do you Not know Bill what song Crosby. it's going to be? I don't. I I, mm. do, I also don't listen to a ton of Christmas music, so it's Scrooge alert. You know it's crazy. This might be a good time to introduce our producer Annie. Annie Strawn. Annie Straight from Raleigh, North Carolina. And when I say Raleigh, I mean Raleigh. She lives in downtown. Wow. In uh, Boylan Heights. Isn't that the name of the neighborhood? Boylan Heights, North Carolina. She also is a Scrooge. She doesn't like Christmas. I love Christmas, <laughs> but I don't really like Christmas music that much. Well, to answer the question that I asked. Oh, yeah, that one. The best-selling Christmas song of all time is White Christmas. Mm. Bing Crosby. Bing Crosby, White Christmas. Bing Crosby yep. is I'm fantastic. of White Christmas. Mm. That makes sense. I had a White Christmas once. It, it snowed here one time. You remember that? It was Never. like when yes. we were young. It was awesome. Me and Andrew are both from Birmingham. We well, are from Birmingham, well, but we had very different experiences. <laughs> one on Speaking one of, side of the mountain, one on the other. I would actually love to talk about I want to. I want to. I want to break this down with you. Yeah, let's hear it. Because I do think that a fair amount of our listeners are going to be Birmingham people or Birmingham adjacent people. Andrew went to Mountain Brook High School. Yep. What is Mountain Brook known for? Mountain Brook is... First of all, I loved Mountain Brook High School. Go Spartans. Go Spartans. Mountain Brook's known for being the villain, it feels like. Wow. Over the mountain. Wow. It's... uh. It's a great school. It's a very affluent community. And so it's just everybody's rival. Mm. That's a good way of putting it. 
Um, it is the most affluent community in Birmingham. It that is. was what I was looking for it, you to. In, I, I didn't want to. In fact, I believe. It, people love pointing that out, especially Vestavia, which is the second most. Well, correct me community. if I'm wrong. I think Mountain Brook is the most affluent neighborhood in Alabama. Well, yes. yeah, I think Birmingham probably holds the top 10 spots. People yeah, in Madi- some Madison, in Huntsville people there are, are probably some, there are some, mad at us yeah, right there's now. There's some money in Mobile and there's some money in Huntsville, Huntsville but... Yeah. but Mountain Brook takes, takes yeah. the cake. Yeah, Vestavia yeah. legitimately might be two. This Homewood le- might be Vestavia three. Vestavia is yeah. legitimately the number two. Where do you think Gardendale is on that list? <laughs> what do you think Gardendale is on <laughs> Like 55th? Yeah, no, it's <laughs> I mean, down. It's probably not like near last. Actually, like, saw, I saw a sign in, in Gardendale the other day. It said the population was 11,000, which I don't think is accurate. I think it's an old sign on an old building. Yeah, I think it's probably a lot it's, bigger than that nowadays. But yeah. It, yeah, but whenever it's the, still whenever Alabama was making population signs. Yeah. But I it's saw still something not huge. that said Bessemer was had the highest crime rate in the United States. Wow. Yeah. But it's also a smaller How many people smaller. do you think live in Bessemer? Producer Annie. It's twenty six thousand. Wait. That's my guess. That's your guess? Or you know that? Uh I I feel like I know that. I my mean, guess is gonna, gonna be sixteen. I was gonna say fifty. I was going way high. Fifty? Yeah. Wow. Population of Bessemer, Alabama, Annie. What do we got? She's on the way. I'm drinking a LaCroix right now, and I'm bourbon. I'm having a... I might put it in the mic in a second. I'm sorry. 24. 24. Wow. Wow. Okay, I was off. Annie's right. So I, I think... We talked about this last night at dinner as well. I think that since, you know, say in Chicago... There's a hundred murders a month or something like that. I don't know if that's the right answer, but that might that's my guess. But since there's like twelve million people that live in Chicago, not that much. But in exactly. Bessemer, there's like four murders a month, but there's only twenty four thousand people that live there. So, so it's per yeah, capita. So the percentage is per capita? That's probably the right. Delta the delta is way higher. Econ guy. What is that? He's an econ guy. It's a, it's a statistics term. The Delta? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about the Mississippi Delta. No, like no, the no, area of like, Mississippi. I don't remember like exactly what a Delta is. I learned about it in data analytics. It's, it's an like airline. The, I forgot too. It's like the... It's, you know, it's kind of like it's saying per, ta- per capita. Like Delta Airlines, big thing. Also, Delta is like a company that makes a bunch of like fixtures. Like, like they make like lighting fixtures and shower like heads and stuff like that i don't understand how there's not like some sort of copyright infringement right there like those are two like yeah. massive companies yeah you ever think about that no wow well, it also Delta is a letter a, yeah that's what i was about to say so you, you know. can't really that yeah, might you, be you that might be why that that's a letter because you were in a fraternity <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> tri delta. is there a, oh yeah that's right my favorite sorority at sanford tri delta same mm. wow. i think i think that Try Deezy. Try Deezy. Hey, that, your wife <laughs> was a tri-delt for one year. Yeah, maybe not even that. I don't remember. Maybe a semester. <laughs> maybe one semester. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but okay, so you went to Mountain Brook mm-hmm. High School. You you were born there, right? Like your family's been there yep. your whole life? Neither of my parents are from Birmingham. Where are they from? My mom is from Shreveport, Louisiana. Wow. Howdy. Dad's from Montgomery, and they ended up here. They both went to the University of Alabama, Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Toll Ride. And me and my sisters grew up 
whole life in Birmingham. Mm. That's fascinating. Shreveport, I'm familiar with that city for one reason really? because Gracie's fam like Gracie's family is in Austin and we have to drive through Shreveport to yep, get there. It's on the way. And like this is a cold take. That it might be the worst city I've ever been in in my life. Yeah, it's no one stays there. It is. There's no reason to. My grandmother's still there and we're trying to get her to leave. It's it is like the worst roads I've ever driven on in my entire like existence. It's kind of crazy. There. There's not much there's there. There's a ginormous casino. casino. That's what I was about to yeah, say. Horseshoe casino. Yeah. And there's a bowl game there. And that would be like, I, you know, people go to Birmingham Bowl, that stinks, right? But at least like, I don't know. At it's a nice stadium. But like Shreveport Stadium genuinely is garbage. It's it's like um how, how do you explain it it's not like in downtown. There's not really a downtown, it's but it's rusty. not in downtown. It's rusty. But it's like in a suburb like right beside the interstate. And it's like Birmingham's is right beside the interstate too, but it's like a junction in downtown. So I feel like it's like in the middle of downtown, so it's What's different. What's the bowl game called? The Camping World Bowl Game? The one in Treveport? I, I don't know. Maybe Something like that. Stadium, Camping World Stadium. Yeah, I'll go Camping World. Or Camping World's the one in Orlando. I don't know. I don't I'm probably know. wrong. Anyways, so Shreveport, Montgomery, come, they get married at Alabama. Or, yeah, they met it. You know Alabama. what I mean? Yeah. Got married, moved to Birmingham. Wow. Okay, so Myers, when you came to Birmingham, and what was your first, like from Jackson, and then, so you grew up in Jackson, come to Sanford, it was just Homewood right beside Mount Brook. What was the first time that you remember going to Mount Brook, and what were your thoughts? I remember, I think the earliest Mountain Brook memory I have is I went with... It must have been like a student government thing because I remember doing some stuff with SGA and I remember going to the Taco Like your freshman year? Yeah. I was in like a freshman freshman forum, I think is what it was called. And I went to the Taco Mama in Crestline. Mm. The original one, right? It might be. It might be, yeah. I think that sounds sounds right. Okay. But I went there. And then I remember going, there's that intersection, I don't remember the names of the roads, but one spits out to, what is it, Montclair? Yeah. And one takes you back around past the country club, Yeah, back through Mountain Brook even more, towards English Village. and um, Country Club Road. There's a really, really big house on that corner, Mm -hmm. and it has a huge front yard. Tons of plants. And then like the, the driveway that goes up and then goes through the arch yeah. into the, you know, garages in the back. And I remember seeing that house and being like, holy cow, that's a huge house. Mm. And that's the first thing I remember about Mountain Brook. This is definitely like an annoying question. And you've probably been asked this before as a, as a Spartan, as the Spartan that you are. <laughs> what is the biggest house you went to while living in Mountain Brook? Mm. And who was it? That's a good question. I gotta think. There was a house. There's a place called Shook Hill Circle. I was wondering if it was going to be back there. Is that the Some house that those, you showed me on Google Maps? There's almost there? not the houses. The lots that they're on. Yeah, they're houses huge. back there. If you get on Zillow, they're ten, huge. Ten thousand square feet. Thirteen thousand wow. yeah, square so feet. Eleven thousand square feet. Those. Actually, I didn't go to into those. But they're the biggest. Mm. I can think there, of. Are, 
I don't know who lives there. The, I like looking at big houses. I like looking at houses. So I'm interested in architecture and stuff like that. And so cool. I've I've driven around. Yeah, I'm really cool. So a lot of places that I go, I've driven around <laughs> neighborhoods with like cool looking houses. Those are yeah. some of the biggest houses I've ever seen. They're crazy. Yeah, mm. they're huge. Okay, so one question that me and Mars were talking about this in podcasts the other day. This honestly might have been one of the times we referenced you. But we were like literally curious, like when the houses get like unbelievable there, like I'm talking like five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten million dollars. Who are those people? Like, what do they do? Like, did you have any friends in high school? They were like the president of freaking like Amazon or some crap. Like, see, no, that's that's the top, and I don't know. I mean, I knew some very wealthy people but there's also a lot of old people that live yeah. there there's people in yeah. their 70s no idea who they are i guess that's true yeah they're kind of just like sneaky and secret people and people like that that and honestly even i knew i knew one person i didn't know them directly but my college pastor um from mountain brook he was like house sitting somewhere one time and i went over there to talk with him at that house and it was in Mount Brook. It was pretty nice. It was right outside of Mount Brook village. And he said the, the, the older couple that lived there used to own the Birmingham news, huh. like newspaper, wow. and Mr. And Mrs. They, news. Yeah. Mr. And Mrs. The newspaper news family. and they sold the newspaper <laughs> and then they just, wow. House in Mount Brook. They sold the newspaper. <laughs> I hope they sold a lot of them. Yeah, that's funny. They sold one newspaper for like ten million dollars and then wow. <laughs> retired. <laughs> I remember. I remember one time, like my dad. So, Wendy, who worked your coworker, yeah, Wendy's husband used to work at the Birmingham News before they like downsized and made it into like a tech only. But literally, what he did was he would. I think, if I'm remembering remembering correctly, he would make like the screen print like metal things mm. where the ink would go and they would like press it into yeah. the papers and we have the like he gave it to us we have the metal print for like the 2009 uh rose bowl national championship like the wow. alabama news cool. so it's pretty cool that i don't know cool. something random about birmingham news but um anyways so mountain brook though i remember uh i've told this to myers before but my English teacher, and I think it's my junior year of high school. I can't remember her name. I know I could know exactly what she looks like, though. It's like Wright or something like that. But anyway, she lived in Mount Brook, and her but she lived in like a condo that she rented. But she just wanted to live in Mount Brook so her daughter could go to Mount Brook High School. Yeah, and she started dating. I might have told this to you before, but she started dating this guy, and then they would like they like started asking her like to go on these family trips with them, like to veil and like europe and all these things and then she realized that her dad owned kodak wow what yeah and her dad never was in birmingham but they lived in mountain brook though because it was like a nice quiet little town but he was always wow. traveling like charter jets to wherever he was going that's crazy but yeah that's, that's nice. the camera company crazy huge company Massive. but i also feel Public like if traded. <laughs> yeah if there is a super rich family they probably are going to like either altamont or like some bougie high school or they're going to like some charter school in like england or i don't yeah. know like they're probably not even staying in birmingham i never really thought about that either so that's probably why we don't know any of these people because they don't you get so rich they're not even involved in birmingham yeah. at all you know yeah i mean that's that's another level like 
yeah. sending them overseas and stuff. But, yeah. But, I mean, the public schools over the mountain were terrific, and that's why a lot of people moved there. Yeah. What do you think makes Mountain Brook a terrific school? Ooh, that's a good question. I don't know. Um, what What made it terrific for you? Like we know, like, statistically, ACT scores, but for you yeah. personally. I mean, the teachers were great. There's just a huge emphasis on getting you prepared for college. The athletics were great. Obviously, there's great facilities. I don't know. What makes a good school? Mm. Yeah, I wonder. That's Mars, what do you think? What makes a bad school mm. besides teachers? I think the goal of schools should be to teach people how to learn and how to be independent and critical thinkers. Mm. I would say one good thing about Mountain Brook is it's it's got an entrepreneurial spirit mm. to it. Okay. I think that's the independent and critical thinker part that I'm referring yeah. to. And despite the reputation, I mean, it's a very hard... People are want to be successful. Mm-hmm. So yeah. all the people I was friends with extraordinarily hard workers i think all all those are those are good things i think yeah aspirational ambitious i think those are good things to be yeah i i had a very interesting high school experience yeah tell me about yours and one thing that i didn't understand was like i grew very fond of uh the things that are were associated with like it being like a super negative like environment. Like I grew like whenever there was fights, it was like a really fun thing. Like it was fights like, it was like planned. Like everybody, it got to a point like in high school, like if you were going to fight somebody, you knew like when and where it was going to happen. And I remember teachers like literally if they, if they caught wind of it, it was like the world was like ending. Like they would, they like it's could murder. not understand why anyone would ever get in a fight. But I remember being like thinking to it was just like dominance. You have to I, prove that you're worth something. Yeah, and <laughs> it wasn't like people are like lashing out and like stabbing people. It was like, oh, I'm mad at this person. We're gonna fight, and like that's pretty like Roman, you know. David you ever... David dissed me on Snapchat, so like cafeteria oh, yeah. five okay. p.m. It's yeah, going. It was down. always there was this one parking lot behind Chick Fil A that was always where they fought. Did you ever? get mad enough to want to punch someone get uh, fight. did you ever get in a physical altercation in high school no i never did um like i don't know i'm not like a like i wasn't ever in that in that sort of environment like whenever i was in high school or sorry middle school pe like i remember sixth grade was like really tough because there was a bunch of middle schools like similarly to mountain brook i think there's a bunch of middle schools and then like all the middle schools or sorry there's a bunch of elementary schools and then in sixth grade all the middle schools like sorry all the elementary schoolers came to one middle school everybody's and i remember thinking because i went from gardendale where i was like one of the best athletes and i came from a, a city where like sports was all like sports was the identity kind of thing like that was like the the most cool thing to do and uh so anyways i remember getting into sixth grade and really struggling with the fact that like i was nowhere near the best because uh yeah i mean we just had 
we had a lot of students who came from like really athletic backgrounds and they were just freaking athletic as heck and they killed me but yeah so man uh you're a competitive guy i am a competitive guy i think it's because like me and annie were just talking about this earlier like i think it's because like i grew up in an environment where like if you were good at sports you were giving you were given more um responsibility and like just stature and like a lot of stuff like in all other parts of the school like if you were a good athlete then you were like it's the I way you obtain status status yeah yeah whatever you want to call that there's probably like a super philosophical way of explaining what i just explained but i don't i think know. it is i think it is to talk about status because status you know there's different yeah. things that attribute status in different sort of cultures and societies and often in the south yeah athletic ability as a child for uh, whatever for enough. no reason like that doesn't <laughs> that's not correlative to yeah it doesn't translate as an adult unless you are literally a professional yeah. sports yeah it's crazy how much person. it ceases to matter yeah and like my nephew was born and as soon as he they told us he was going to be a boy me and my dad my brother-in-law we all started talking about what sports he was going to play yeah i wonder like what that is because uh, to, to an extent it is valid that, like, if you, as a child, grow up and are disciplined in sports, you can become a professional athlete. And I almost yeah. wonder, like, is that everyone, like, in the South, is that everyone's first desire? And then, like, when that doesn't pan out, then you try and figure something else out? Like, when you are 17 and you realize, oh, I'm not going to be, like, Major League Baseball, so I guess I should mm. go to college and, like, you know. I wonder what that thought process is. I honestly, like, I remember living in, in Washington State that summer, and w this dude was from Santa Cruz, California, and grew up, like, surfing and skating and, like, all, like, beautiful nature all around him. And I remember him genuinely asking me, he was like, what do y'all do? Like, talking about Alabama. Yeah. Mm. And I, I don't want to go down that road of just, like, roasting how pretentious that guy was because he definitely was in that moment. But I remember telling him, like, I genuinely think that's why we're so much better at sports than everybody else. Mm. And people from the Midwest, too. If you think about it, like, Alabama, Michigan, Texas, and, well, I guess, uh, ironically enough, Washington is in the playoff. But it's because no one from Washington is on that team. There. Yeah. But, like, Michigan and Alabama are well, – uh, Michigan's a beautiful state if you've been there. Alabama's a beautiful state if you've been here. But there's, like, stereotypically associated with, like – like farmland and Detroit, which are just like terrible places, yeah. you know? So anyways, it's just like, it, I feel like we, I think genuinely games are, are fun here because that's what sports are at their core. It's just like an organized game and games are fun to people who like, not saying the Alabamians don't, Alabamians don't have anything to do, but to a certain extent, like community involvement is huge. And one of the best ways to like, get involved in the community and do something on Saturdays was like youth basketball, you know, back in like my, when my grandmother was growing up or something, but yeah. it is fascinating though. It brings like community. Yeah. It does. It brings people together. Yeah. But why like talent on like in the game is like correlated with like influence in like whatever it was like student government or like, um, who, uh, talked at the pep rallies or like who got to like get a picture with the mayor or whatever that was. It just didn't make it like that doesn't make any sense to me. Being fast, 
when you were in elementary <laughs> school <laughs> directly correlates to your confidence levels mm. later on in life. Yeah. To Literally. Yeah. And I was fast slow. Kids. I yeah. was fast. I was fast until I fast. stopped growing up. And then I mm. had to, I, I then it just plateaued. took a humble pill. Because I was yeah. running, I, I ran track and I did sprints. <laughs> that is true, though. And like eventually, the guys were like six four, and I was five seven, and my stride work. just I couldn't, I couldn't keep up. Dude, what What do you think? What do you think is different about that? Now? Like I don't know. I'm I, Grace and I went to crafts for the first time the other day. Speaking of Mount Brook, and that is like where all of the middle schoolers hang out just at, terrorizing it, and. There's a bunch of them, and they were like all playing on their phones. So I'm just like imagining that. I'm like, they probably don't oh, yeah. care at all about who's fast anymore. Yeah, because now, gosh, yeah, young kids. Yeah. I'm talking like I'm not 24 years old and use social media every day. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're on, they're comparing themselves not just to the people in their grade, but the whole earth. world. Mm. Yeah. And like Which getting is, fed stuff dude, for their age group. Brutal. Yeah, it sucks. Like, you can't compare to everyone else because yeah. there are so many people that are better than you at whatever your niche thing is. And, like, even the people that are better than them in their grade, they're looking at the people that are better than everyone, mm. which, that's yeah, that sucks for them. It's also hard just in general as an adult. Like, uh, like yeah, uh, Trying to limit that. Yeah, it's... It's why people who are super niche in business, I think, can be really successful because you just have you, you get really good at one very, very, very specific thing, and then you become the expert in that. Yep. And then everyone comes to you if they're the exact customer who is there for that. If that makes sense. No, that makes a lot of sense. And I think that's that's how you start. And then eventually, if you're really good at that, you can start to expand your reach. But. You got to find your niche first and focus on them yeah, first. It's hard to choose something when so much is bombarded into your brain. There's almost decision paralysis for what you are going to do with your life, mm. who you're going to be. What made you choose to major in business? And what, what, what was your specific major? Was it finance? I majored in finance. Okay. I, I was always interested in how money worked. Yeah. Stock market. Yeah. Hey, they say estate. money talk. What's your conversation? Money talks. Can't and uh, money. so, and I've also, you know, I've always felt like I wanted to do something entrepreneurial one day. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting to me. And initially, and I still have a large interest in real estate. That's what I grew up around. That's what my dad does. Now I'm in insurance. Um, it's just adja adjacent. It's yeah. financial services, but you deal a lot in real estate. And they, you know, eventually want me to specialize in real estate companies, talking to them, because that's what I know how to talk about. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I was just a cliche business student. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Still don't. But I kind of like being that way. But I'm very there's an There's an adventure to the unknown. Yeah. I do think that, that I just want to say that this isn't this. I, you might have already said this, Myers. This is like a segment we wanted to add in this week was business talk because mm. Myers yeah. freaking loves this crap. I, yeah. it's not like I don't care about it, but I'm close. 
That's fair. <laughs> Which is kind of funny. Like some of the things that I care the most about, Steven is just like, okay. When you think yeah. business though, what do you, that's such a general term. Mm. What do you think? Okay. This is what I think when I think of business. Um, I, the most successful friends I have, like in terms of business are freaking miserable. That's what I think of when I think of like, when I think of like people who work in business, what I, when I think of like what people actually like yearn for when they're into business is like creativity and, um, organization. And I literally, I'm not getting, but also I got a fascination with it too. Like I watched the Microsoft Excel world championships. Did y'all know that that was a thing? I've heard of it actually. That was a thing. I watched it on YouTube the other day. It's fascinating. But also I'm like, it's just so it's it's in, it's insane what people can do, and honestly, like yeah, I, I've sat with like my there's this old guy named Ron I'm friends with. I'm not even gonna try to explain what, how I know him, but he's like made a money off a bunch of money off the stock market because he like tracks these like dips, um, which you'll probably know what that means. That, he explained it to me, but it's like a if something goes into the, like, I think it's like the second standard deviation or third standard deviation off of like its average at this point during this time and this setting, yada, yada, it's the time to buy. And he bought a bunch of carnivals cruise during COVID and he's made like boats of, <laughs> no pun wow, that's a good wow. one. Wow. How about that? Wow. <laughs> yeah. The, but he's made boatloads of money off of it because of it. And then, uh, so anyways, like I, I feel like I have like fascination of it. But also, like, like when it comes to, like, finance bros are just such a thing now. Yeah. And those guys just, like, they're, like, morning routine people. And, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I budget and, like, I take really good care of my money. But it, to me, like, when you're – this is going to get deep. When your calling becomes, like, logical and not, like, personal, if that makes any sense – you're going down like a bad, a bad path. Yeah. Um, and, and I think people who, who definitely associate their identity with like career, that's a, that's a bad thing to associate your identity with. So it's like, I don't know. I feel like I'll say this to add to your point. The yeah. people that you see build these massive companies yeah. on the ground up and become billionaires. Yeah. I mean, this is a generalized statement. Yeah. All those people are psychos. Yeah. And they have to be. Yeah. To, there, there's a certain type of person that can become a billionaire. And yeah. They're, they're very obsessive. Yeah, exactly. Like almost like disorder-esque in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. Like, but also like. That's, that's why you see someone like Elon Musk whose personal life is a disaster. All of them. I mean. Yeah. But like, but like he, he's running Tesla. He's running X. He, like he's. Yeah. That's who they Financially. Are. Yeah. It's, gone it's nuts. It's interesting to me like. For me, like, if you want to talk business, my question is, like, um, I guess this really only applies to believers, but, or to, like, Christians. But if, if I ask you the question, like, is there going to be currency in heaven? Like, you realize through that conversation, ten, typically where that conversation leads is, like, currency in general is a product of bad, like, of evil. Like, the fact that we have to have another means of like proof that like this is worth this versus this is worth that. Cause like, you know, I think like a small town, like the first ever town that ever existed, small town. If I like, you know, had a supply of wood at my house, but you lived on 
no wood, but you had wheat, you should think that like your wheat could easily trade for my wood. But say like I got flour from somebody else, then I don't need it, but you need wood. So it's like, okay, you got to give me something like that's like a, instead I should just like care for you. You should care for me. That's like an oversimplification, but I do think that accruing wealth to a certain extent, I think is like making up for control, but like control of what? Like I don't, especially if you're sacrificing personal life. Cause for me, I'm like your wife, your kids, your family, and all of those things in my opinion, or like why we're on earth is like the familial structure. But I also understand that that's like difficult, difficult for some people to wrap their heads around because of how terrible the familial structure is statistically these days. So I don't know. It's hard for me to like get into this. Also, the reason I'm talking about this right now is because I see more people in the finance realm associate identity with career than any other. Almost. It seems like every other industry you have to like prove why it's like a calling versus like what the business people are doing. If that makes sense. Like social workers have to be like, Oh yeah, I just like really love caring for, or like teachers are like, Oh, this is a calling. It's like, maybe he like, they're just freaking normal. And the finance people are, I don't know that this is, this is, here's my, that I'm, I'm sorry. I just kind of ranted. No, it's okay. (laughs) We needed to, we needed to hear that. (laughs) So, so from someone who's not into business, how would y'all rebuttal? I'll say I am into business and, before you, ahead, you before you go further what do you think business is okay good question because i kind of i think we need to define our terms a little bit look at it differently and i also think the w- money in itself you think about how important it is in your life regardless mm. yeah unfortunately it is like you started going to school at a young age for what reason? To go to college so that you could do something sure. to graduate. Not everybody does, obviously, but yeah. it's it's a huge deal. Yeah. When I think of business and I think of creating wealth, yeah. It's more of like you're creating a resource. Mm-hmm. And whatever you do with that, that's what matters. Yeah. And it's just, it's interesting to me how that can happen. Yeah. Like there's so many different avenues to make money and there's so many different things you can do with money. Yeah. To be like, I want to make a lot of money. I would never sacrifice any relationship that I have to do so, but it's interesting to me that it's possible. Yeah. Mm. And the, yeah. That's a I cool mean, way of putting it. I was uh, like, uh, I was talking to a friend today and he is an anti bank. It's like, uh, I understood that from this conversation, but he was saying that he was thinking about taking out a home equity so that he could put more of his like savings into renovation. And instead he was like, he was like, yeah, the bank just wants collateral so they can own it and not me. And I was like, that's not why the bank loans money. The, the bank yeah. loans money because we can't it's it's at least originally the bank did that out of like kindness because everyone could like pool money together well the bank makes money by loaning out money that's what interest is yeah and so, I, so here's what i see business as business to me is um you're solving someone's problem 
in exchange for currency. And currency is a mediating tool so that if you have wood and I have wheat Mm -hmm. and I want your wood, but you don't want my wheat, I can still get your wood from you by exchanging you something else that you can take to Andrew. Yeah. And you can go say, hey, Andrew, you might not want my wood that I can trade you for your blanket, but I still need to get a blanket because I'm cold. And so here's 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 some paper that is backed by something that we call money and so if i take some money give it to you you can give me a blanket and you don't have to take my wood that's okay because i gave you some money Mm. so it's a mediation tool yeah so then business that 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 is a business transaction really so you want the service of a blanket because you're cold yeah. You need the product of a blanket because you're cold. Mm-hmm. And so you need to buy that from him with money. Mm. So business in itself is not a bad thing. Yeah. If you money is not a bad thing. But if you make any of those things more important than other things that are important, it can become a bad thing. It's the idolization yeah. of money. It's the idolization yeah, of wealth accruing. Right. It's the idolization of a business. If you find yeah. all of your identity in your business, that can become a bad thing. Yeah, and like maintaining a lifestyle and status with your money and yeah. thinking that you're, you'd have to provide that for your family, this extremely yeah. luxurious lifestyle that's super comfortable, mm-hmm. that is dangerous. And it's easy to justify, too, that you're, you know, you're giving your family what you never had or something like that. Yeah. But, yeah. and another thing is, you know, sometimes people under the guise of being frugal mm-hmm. hang on to their money harder than someone even more successful would ever do. Yeah. Like, you know, just pinching pennies, it's not a bad thing all the time, but yeah. there are a lot of people who, th- who take pride in really hanging on to their, what yeah. money they do have. Mm-hmm as like a good thing. Yeah. And it's just as much of an obsession with money as making a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. Part, part of why I would want to accrue a lot of wealth is to be giving to others. Yeah. Ridiculously like that, generous would be the most fun thing. Yeah. But I think it, I think it starts now when we're 24 years old, well, you'll never, you'll we never should be giving it. now in what ways that we can be. Cause I mean, that's, that's scriptural. He who's, faithful with a little will be faithful with much or whatever it is like it's the principles that you have when you're young if you stick to them Mm -hmm. you have more opportunity to be more giving and more good with those principles when you're later on in life you know how i would define business this is this is my definition this is my definition and this definition is going to be a predicament okay you know how when you go to coffee shop or i don't know like chick-fil-a or something like that and they give you a bad cup. That that moment, like that feeling, that stinks. So obviously the main way that I've ever considered running a business is running a coffee shop. And for me, I, I think that it's so annoying that you have to, like, say you're running a coffee shop. I'll, I'll explain it this way. Say you're running a coffee shop right. and you're tied on money. What are the first things that are going to go? 
Where's where are you going to drop in quality in order for you to obtain more wealth? Otherwise, that predicament is how I would define business, and I I hate that. I hate that the soap in the bathroom, the paper towels in the bathroom, the toilet paper in the bathroom, which are things that are like things like like things that people deeply care about the quality of in their home, but then whenever you're hosting them in your in your just because it's called a business that like that stuff gets sacrificed. Like, oh, we don't care about your bathroom experience or whatever, but also like people take advantage of you. So they'll make the bathroom like a freaking suite. You know, there's like, there's all these like different predicaments you have to find. But I also think about like, I, I, it's hard for me to think about business in like a bigger, like, cause I know that if you're like running like freaking regions or something like that, like you're, how you run business is like, like it's wild to me that there is like someone at regions that like in no way will ever meet the CEO, but based upon like regions trajectory of like growth, they knew they had to hire a position that's just going to like run specific sets of numbers in order for like the whole thing to function. Like how they found that out blows my freaking mind. It's a machine. Yeah. It's crazy. I see business as a really, really cool puzzle. That involves you're a puzzle guy, people, and like to me, I would never run a coffee shop if I couldn't do it with excellence. And I think what you're finding mm-hmm. is annoying about business is there's so many factors, and it's really, 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 really difficult. Yeah, to run even a simple business with excellence. And I think mm-hmm. the people who are excellent at business are the ones who make all the money. Mm-hmm. But there's so much time and work that it takes to make something excellent that they often end up being the same people who like sacrifice their own families yeah. to run a business in an excellent yeah. way. And, there, and I would say that those types of people are so rare. And when they can, like say like Jeff Bezos accrues wealth, Jeff Bezos probably is putting a lot of pressure on himself, but there's probably a lot of people who depend on him yeah. and whether it's self-inflicted or inflicted by the other people, he's like feeling pressure from other people yeah. too. Um, and I think that that that's like a scary motive, but I do think that for sure has to be a motive of some people. Yeah. I you went know? down a rabbit hole the other day on McDonald's Ooh. and well, I'll start with another trivia question about McDonald's. Okay. How many pounds of French fries do you think McDonald's cooks every year worldwide? Oh, worldwide. Oh, gosh, you just made that big. I was thinking like one day. All of the French fries that they cook in a year. Pounds. Can you give me an estimate of what like one potato weighs? I'll give you two pieces of context. There are almost 40,000 McDonald's on Earth, different locations. And I think a large fry, which is the most popular item on the menu, for sure, is like six ounces, something like that. Okay, and then one pound is twelve ounces, right? Sixteen. Sixteen ounces. Okay. I don't even want to try and do the math in yeah, my yeah. head. I mean, the math yeah. would be hard. I just want to say twenty-five billion pounds. Twenty-five billion pounds. So that would mean every person on Earth. Okay, 25 billion pounds. What's your guess? Uh, I, I 
think that that's kind of like I said, like say forty thousand McDonald's definitely do um, twenty pounds a day. So what is that math like? Four hundred? No, eight hundred thousand pounds a day. So I'll go sixty-five. Yeah, so I'll go five hundred million is my is gonna be my rough so guess. Five hundred million and twenty-five billion. Two massively <laughs> different guesses. The correct answer is three point two nine billion pounds of French fries every. Oh year, my gosh! Which um, I knew it would be in the billions, which but is I, it's good. Yeah, but three billion pounds. Yeah, uh, it's unbelievable. And wow! Then I watched the movie The mm-hmm. Founder. It's a great know, movie. Yeah, the guy who once again you see, not the greatest guy, but yeah. without him, McDonald's would not be what it is today can i can i give one bit one little bit of pushback oh yeah yeah french fries would still exist today oh yeah we, we the world would keep turning you don't need mcdonald's fast yeah. food but there wouldn't be forty thousand buildings feeding a percentage of the earth every day i mean did did this did did mr mcdonald invent fast food did he not he the mcdonald's brothers the drive-thru came i think up is what with, it was uh, this system of Making the food really fast and having it ready at the counter. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which was revolutionary. The how they which set has, up their kitchen. Which so then it's not only that they have forty thousand stores that feed people all over the earth, but also paved the path oh, yeah. for dozens of other kinds of companies. Probably, if you think about small fast food chains, like hundreds of different kinds of companies and billions and billions, probably trillions and trillions of dollars. Oh yeah, that are made by other people and other business like that's that's I was thinking, revolutionary. I was thinking about this today. Yeah, have you ever do you eat kava ever? C A V A kava. Yeah. Uh, whenever kava was only in Atlanta, like I, I, it was probably somewhere else before that. It started but, in Seattle. Um, like whenever it was in the southeast, it was only in Atlanta first. Yeah, and I had it in Atlanta, and it was unbelievably good. And now that they're like everywhere. Birmingham's locations are trash. I kind of stopped eating. Yeah. I, I was, was like really I, bummed about that. So however they're doing, if, if Mr. Kava is listening, your restaurants are dropping in quality fast. I listened to the podcast, um, How I Built This. And For Kava? interviewed the Kava guys. Wow. Um, they bought Zoe's Kitchen. Is that what Zoe's Kitchen is now? And they turned them all into Kavas. They tried to, <laughs> they tried to fix... Yeah, they tried to fix Zoe's and then figured they literally out are in it the was old a better Zoe's. way. It was a better way for them to just turn them into Kavas. And that's why downtown Homewood is now a Kava, same spot as where the Zoe's was. And then downtown Birmingham by the Publix, the Kava used to be a Zoe's. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. I had no idea. Was Zoe's a Mediterranean place? Yeah, sort of. Chain. But it was weird because it was like a Mediterranean place that also had like mac and cheese and tuna salad or something. Like some like chicken other salad, things. Yeah, I don't think I salad. ever ate it, Zoe's. I'll and, be honest. And they, when they were trying to fix the business model, they were like, look, we kind of just need to like nix the whole Zoe's menu and just we know Kava works. So they switched wow. it every, every store to a Kava. I feel like I've been lied to. Truly. Yeah. I loved it Kava. Kinda, it blew first. my mind when I learned about that. <laughs> wow. Okay, well, we've talked about business for 25 straight minutes now, so uh, we're going to move to the next segment, my favorite segment. All right. Which is Meyer Sports. So now that we've talked about business for 25 minutes, now we can talk about Meyer Sports, which is definitely, we lost female listeners 
I mean, ages ago. Yeah, we don't so this doesn't even No women are listening anymore, so, so this okay. is all for the fellows. This, one's, this one is probably the least sports, Meyer sports segment we've ever had. I just thought this was fascinating. Okay, so today's fun sports fact for you, Myers. I would love to hear your commentary on this afterwards. Yep. yep. Um, there is only one city in America that has all the major sports teams and that they all have the same color. Mm. I'm not going to tell you the colors because I don't give it away, but do you have a guess for what city it is? I'm gonna it's, say it, like it's pretty. These are like iconic. Well, not all of them, but some of these teams are like iconic. I think it's New York. Okay, name name uh, a few of the sports teams in New York. The Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets, which are black and white. The Yankees, which are navy and white. So no. Okay. Strike one. Boston. Boston sports teams. Red Sox. Red Sox. Celtics or green. Celtics. <laughs> so pretty pretty polar. Nope. Blue, red, and green and white. So strike two. I'll give you one more guess and then I'll I'll relieve you of your pain. I'd actually love to hear Andrew's guess too. I'm trying to think. Uh I love a good trivia. It has all the how many what are the the there's baseball, football, basketball. Um, I think I'm just talking about those three. Yeah, those actually three like they have three. three sports teams. Baseball, football, and hockey. Yeah, so there's no, there's no, um, there's no basketball there. There is a basketball team in the same state. I think that's probably why there's not a basketball team there. But there is a football and a baseball team in that other city in the same state as well, and a hockey team. So I don't know why there's not a basketball team there, but the other three, they are there are. Gosh. Hmm. I'm going to say L.A. L.A. You know, that that is that was probably true not that long ago. But now that there, there's even two football teams there, they have different colors. So um, the, do you have a guess, Andrew, before I give it away? Give me the region of the country. It's in the Northeast. I should have done that. That, that would have been a good I guess. In the Northeast. Um when he's when you said hockey, I knew it had to be something. Is, above. It, uh, is it Pittsburgh? It is mm. Pittsburgh, wow. Pennsylvania. Stuff. Yeah, Pirates, uh, Steelers, and the Penguins. And the Penguins is more of a gold, but they historically wore black and yellow. Yeah. Yeah. And it it goes into this whole thing about how like the Pitt family, uh, their like coat of arms. Somebody should know the door. I couldn't tell. Oh. Nah. Um. Their coat of arms were black and yellow. So that's why. That's cool. Crazy, man. Wiz Khalifa. Shout out. Mm. B movie. Okay, well, there's our sports segment. What do you well, think about okay, that? Okay, before we move on from the sports segment, I listened to another one. Okay. Where you talked about. Um, was it when the, we talked about baseball? Yes. It was the, the oh, time yeah. of a baseball game and the amount of. Yes. That one I, I got really close on. Which was fascinating. But uh, for an NFL, it's not necessarily a rebuttal. 
Okay. I am a huge, to anyone listening, I'm a huge baseball fan, but I also love oh, football. I, I thought about that. I, I actually wanted to talk to you about this. I, love I forgot sports. about that right now. I love sports. I love sports history. I love Meyer sports is funny because I could not really care less <laughs> yeah, about I love that. most sports. That's why it's a great segment. Yeah. But you said mm-hmm. uh, a baseball game is like three hours and there's only... And there's only nine, nine, nine minutes, minutes and 55 seconds, seconds right. of actual play. So ball and play. not to be a dork about it. Yeah. But uh, NFL games, on okay. average, longer than MLB. Oh, games. for sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ads. It's basically the same statistic. About 11 minutes of wow. the ball is actually in play. That makes sense. And uh, now NBA games That's are crazy, a lot actually. Which is fascinating. Well, I guess it's not that fascinating because, like, literally there's, you know, what uh, I don't know. But NBA just, just feels like... There's so many less football games mm-hmm. that they matter so much more mm-hmm. when you watch them. So it just feels more important. Mm. It's not... Baseball one, is... You, you go ahead. No, I was just going to say, one of the things, and I, I've talked about this before, I, pl- I grew up playing soccer. I was not forced to play soccer, though. So I'd like to say there's a little bit of organic nature to this. Yeah. But, like, I love... Like, soccer's my, my, most, my most favorite soccer's sport. Soccer's super cool. Um one thing that I'm growing to like love about it is that the clock does not stop. Mm-hmm. Like the clock, it's a, yeah. it is a running clock yeah. always. And, and it, like when the game's over, the game is over. Yeah. Like, so there's a level of energy in soccer that like literally does not exist yeah. because there's, there's just timeouts like, which uh, I don't know. And one thing I'm growing to, and I think this is becoming more and more, prevalent because i am starting to watch basketball a little bit as we're getting into the season and i despise how people in basketball can just like once it gets in and like down underneath like 60 seconds they like do the the three point like foul and then you have only have two points scored and then you can because of the free throws and then like you foul the other person or you like that the ending of basketball games when they're close are like it's horrible excruciating like they're so so annoying so that and then i do like the fact that like baseball is like you have like an at bat and like you're done you have no clock they have three outs yeah well i guess they have the yeah the well now they have a pitch clock pitch clock but but no 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 clock clock yeah and the game and that's another reason why like golf and tennis i'm growing to like a lot more because like you know exactly what like you have to play every single shot like Granted, golf's like pretty boring to those who like don't understand. Like, you have to get really into golf to like watching golf. But yeah. yeah. Anyways, yeah. Back to back to the baseball thing. So, like for you, when you like giving like if if I were to prompt like a real rebuttal to that, like for me to say like that's so that sound like that is why it's so boring because I'm not a big football fan either. Yeah. Like I would say baseball. It's in recent years it's had some problems it has to deal with it's Mm -hmm. the for so long baseball was king in Mm -hmm. america i mean for like a hundred years yeah america's pastime america's pastime and the first superstars (laughs) were all baseball players the first that's true i never thought about those were all baseball players and a lot of the i guess not until like the 60s and 70s when the nfl and nba really got going yeah they started to face any sort of competition. Yeah. But it's a completely different game than football or basketball. I mean, it's the only game where 
the defense has the ball and there's no clock and it always goes down to the last strike for it to finish. Yeah. I mean, and it's so much longer. It's hard. People's attention spans are much less yeah. now, especially kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And baseball is more of a story than it is like a clip that you would watch that's like super entertaining for five yeah. seconds. Mm-hmm. One tackle, and one shot, yeah. one whatever. Now there, there's exciting moments like you yeah, know, your walk off home runs and stuff, but it's like it's a chunk of your year. It's not just like one Saturday or Sunday. Yeah, it's it's a completely different experience that I love and fell in love with. And it, I'm also a nerd about like old players, and my grandfather loved baseball, and it kind of connected me with him, and it's super nostalgic. But yeah, it's it's. I love it because it's different than the other major sports, and I think it gets a bad rap. Mm. But I still think it is wildly successful. You see, like how much these players get paid. Yeah, it's I mean, the w- that was something that we talked about. I can't remember who it was I was talking about with, but the the newest deal from the Los Angeles Dodgers guy. Yeah. Uh, it was. 700 million 10 year deal yep the wildest part about that deal to me is the same guy who's like flaunting that money just bought chelsea and spent one billion dollars last year alone buying players to come play for chelsea the owner of the dodgers yeah he's the one who bought chelsea which is london's like premier league soccer team or one of london's that's insane and i'm like he's an american too he's not saudi arabian like He's an American, so he must have some some other people backing him. Yeah, yeah, it's a like, company. Yeah, it's like business. back to like business. <laughs> Elon Elon Musk bought Twitter, but he had like a lot of other people pitching in money. Yeah, just like just so, just because it was up for sale, like you have to. There's like a level of like time is part of the commodity, or time is part of the value of that. Just because yeah. like you have to do it. Yeah, it's wild though. Seven hundred million, Andrew. Yeah. Like I don't understand. Like, like I don't think the Dodgers are going to make seven hundred million dollars in the next ten do- years. Well, I mean, I, like, how much do baseball teams make, dude? The thing is, is if you look at the NFL, the NBA, and the MLB, the popular NFL is the mo- the most popular sports league in America. That's fa- I would have guessed NBA because the, the NBA's NBA are so the famous. NBA has exploded in like the past yeah. twenty years. They have the most like superstars. Oh yeah, and. uh but as far as which leagues make the most money, the NFL makes the most money and the MLB makes the second most money because they sell tickets and they sell uh, tickets you know, and they merchandise. Play 62 games. Yeah. And so a lot more money to be made. That's fair. It's just a longer season with a lot more money to be made with longer TV contracts, stuff like that. But yeah, like there's out of the top five biggest sports contracts ever. The majority of them are baseball players, which is like within America, not not including oh, yeah, international yeah, yeah. soccer. I mean, not like Messi yeah. and Ronaldo. And yeah, those guys. I think that's fascinating too. Like, I think whenever I was a kid, that conversation of like the top four leagues are, are like you're talking about the NHL, MLB, NBA, NFL, and they were like the MLS is going to make it one day. And it's like I don't think I'm at the point now where I don't know if the MLS will ever. Maybe one day it'll become like a top maybe league in like thirty years. But I genuinely think soccer 
will become like i think by the time that, especially that we're older i do think soccer will be like just as popular yeah. as any of uh, definitely hockey. i'd already think it's as popular as hockey because i think like hockey people are hockey people and premier league people are like premier league people yeah, sports it's just going to continue to make more money yeah people love people, people love freaking it. love it yeah I'm, I'm interested to see like if they're going to start playing like they're, they've talked about playing champions league games which is like a like all the top uh how do i explain that like all the top teams from every soccer league in europe play each other in a tournament every year called the champions league and they've talked about hosting some of those games like games that matter in america because america has like so many fans now yeah and like the club world cup they're gonna like vamp that up and start making it like this worldwide thing so like the top four teams from every league in the whole world are gonna play in a tournament every four years and they're going to make that like a big deal. And they're hosting that in America. They're also hosting the literal World Cup in America. That's wild. Which yeah. is huge. And they're hosting the Copa America in America, which is Brazil, like South America's championship. So they're they're doing like, like there's going to be like a lot of footy going on in America in the next few years. So yeah. Anyways, there's today's segment of Meyer Sports. Yeah, Meyer has been eerily quiet for this. <laughs> Meyer Sports <laughs> Andrew, we, we went on a tangent. Sorry. I had one question that I wanted to ask you, yeah. which is actually, it's another segment that we have. It's called, oh, okay. um, what are your fashion influences? <laughs> mm. I kind of knew you'd ask me that. Yes. I am wearing what I wore to work. So. Okay. To be fair, this is kind of what everyone wears to my office. Yeah. My fashion influences. Mm. And that can be brands. That can be people. That can yeah. be stores. We just would love to know where you get your influ- who influences you when you're like what okay I need to wear you. clothes like uh, where where do you I find would say inspiration for, I never even really thought about my the clothes that I wear or like fashion at all until probably midway through college well wow. like I kind of just wore jeans like I kind of just wore what everyone else wore basic tennis shoes and jeans every day mm-hmm. um i wouldn't say i'm super into fashion but there are things that like i'm like oh i really want those pants and i think the idea behind it all is like uh cowboy mm. if that makes sense well i like the store two stores that I think follow suit to Kova's great and store and Orvis. I, mm. like, I love those stores. Yeah. I've never shopped at Orvis, but I love to good stuff. Mm. So I'll deflect the question back to you. What influences you? Why well, talk about fashion a lot? Yeah. Myers, I want to know, I want to know a specific person to give you direction in this. I want to know a specific person or two that you that you think influences you the most well you influence me a lot because we're mutually interested in similar yeah i was more so talking about figures you can you can leave it at me if you want but i was more so talking about like fig like public figures Mm. i don't think i draw much inspiration from particular public figures i think it tends to be from like cultures and from my friends okay like you and Tucker, I think, are two friends that I, I like your fashion. Mm. 
and then thank you like cities or places like scandinavia and yeah. countries is there Denmark. an era from history that you think had better fashion than people now oh that's a good question i really like it seems uh, well, like okay the 90s here's a person yeah here's a person so pretty much my whole time in college oh, I would watch a Seinfeld episode and I would <laughs> and try to copy wear Jerry Seinfeld's outfit like you know the what? next I, day. I love, he has some fire. He does. He, does. he also rocks, I think the thing of this, he rocks Jordans. Yeah. In like a really casual way and I'm kind of into it right yeah. now. Like I kind of want to get a pair of like Jordans just because Jordans are like, you know, Jordans like a brand that's like bigger than itself. It's yeah. like it stands for something. It's not just yeah. a shoe. I kind of want to get a pair of Jordans only because I like respect the heck out of Jordan. You know, yeah. I'm not a basketball guy. Yeah. I don't like, you know, I don't, I, I like but Michael Jordan. identify with the brand. That's yeah, but I'm like, yeah. behind all I kind of want the, the yeah. vibe, you know? I think, um, yeah, 90s, definitely heavy influence on me. I'm also kind of in a moment of redefining what I want to communicate to other people in the clothes that I wear. Because mm-hmm. I, okay. I do, I am, I'm an adult. I do work a job in insurance, so there is like a level of professionalism that I want to have. Yeah. What do you wear to work usually? I wore this today. I tend to have um, some sort of a collar or yeah. a, a mock neck or a, a like a turtleneck kind of thing going on um, with like a skate shoe or a sneaker. Because this, this is comfy to me, mm-hmm. um, and. It's what I I feel like I'm in I am myself if I'm wearing some kind of a skate shoe or a sneaker, um, and I I do find that like sometimes you know our insurance agency focuses mostly on churches and so I'm interacting with pastors and a lot of times these pastors will be wearing full suits if I go yeah. to interact with them, and so I do want to be like respectful of them and not just wear some kind of graphic tee because I think it looks cool but I want to have a level of professionalism, yeah. But I don't want to feel that pressure from the man, you know? Like yeah. That's that's ambiguous. And honestly, business is a lot more casual now than I think it ever has been. And so there is freedom, and I feel the freedom to dress as I please. And so sometimes I do just wear a white T-shirt to work. Yeah. But whatever I'm wearing, to me, is respectable and and respectful to my surroundings. So... Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. That's that's kind of how I I feel. I, I'm I think that I don't know the Eros question really threw me off there. I'm really curious, like, like I, man, it's interesting. So for many guys different ways. So many guys. It's something they think about because they wake up every day and put clothes on. Yeah, yeah, but not something. At least for my friends, we don't ever talk about. It. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about it because. It'll be like, oh, those boots are awesome. Yeah. Because like at Samford, where we all went to school together, there is like a, there's a thrift culture and like a fashion culture that kind of permeates. And it's funny that I watch people like start to get into it who weren't into it before. And they start to like get the cool shoes or get the hat or get the whatever. And then I see it kind of mesh with their old clothes. And then they wear like some bad outfits until Mm -hmm. they eventually figure out how to like, be there bring it all together you know i was that way and yeah same i think i think that's just part of it it's part of experimenting but i think it's i wanted to ask you about it because you never 
that's seem, fascinating. Seem to get into the thrift thing. You like and your people, you and your buddies, like are really well dressed. Yeah, it's not like, that you dress badly. I didn't want to communicate that. No, I no. I wanted to communicate you didn't delve into like the thrift thing and like the tatter tattered torn up NASCAR t shirt thing. You sure, know? like you never yeah. went down that road. I would say after college, so much of college was just you wear a t shirt and sweatpants every day, and then if you have to dress up for a function or something, you wear a suit. Sure. Yeah. It's like you never had to really do anything besides wear something super nice and then wear random clothes. Yeah. Yeah. But after college. Except for that one business class where they're like, you have to dress professional to business 200. <laughs> yeah. And I would just still wear a suit probably. Yeah. Mm. And, but then after college, you feel more like an adult, especially like a year after college. Sure. You're, you're going out to places, you're meeting people. For the first time, at least for me, it's you think about what you're going to wear just to go out somewhere. Yeah. And, yeah, you kind of have to develop your style. Mm. And, yeah, it's the first time in my life I've sort of tried to do that. Yeah, that's actually, that's... that's. And then you got to wear, I wear, you know, a collared shirt to work every day. Mm. But yeah. So, what do you think when you see guys who put effort into dressing but they don't dress like um uh business casual whatever you call like when you see guys like like myself or other people around birmingham who are putting effort into what they're wearing but they're dressing like i don't know i don't know what you would call me but yeah like that's cool i think I mean, I think it's cool. I think it's they took the time to develop their style. I mean, and not a lot of guys do. I think I notice more when a guy is wearing something <laughs> dumb, like he's wearing a a flannel and suit pants, yeah, like blue trousers, yeah. Oh man, um, but like trying to look business professional, like. Yeah. Colors that's what I noticed the most is it's not I'm even the same like way. the style really, but good colors. Mm. Yeah, I I, I I think that's the most important thing. I think that's the same thing. Like literally, uh I was at Home Depot on Sunday. <laughs> I hate to flex, but I was at Home Depot on Yo, Sunday. Home Depot flex. And there was a dude walking in, he was an old guy, and I, I'm not kidding, this was his outfit. Um like t-shirt like short sleeve t-shirt red tommy hilfiger like sleeveless like vest that was red so his gray t-shirt red um vest uh like turquoise bathing suit white tube socks and loafers Mm. like penny loafers not like house loafers like penny loafers Mm. and i was just like i that's that's actually that's insane like that, some that he like put on. Like he knew he was wearing a red vest, and he put on turquoise shorts. I think the colors conversation is really interesting because I think sometimes I wear two of like a really similar shade color. Yeah, like I think in one of our previous episodes, I was wearing like a navy mock neck with a navy sweater over it, and I think I feel the most like I know what I'm doing in fashion. 
mm-hmm. when I can wear something that it's like the same color, but it's a slightly different shade and mm-hmm. I know it still works together. Mm. That is when I think I feel the most like big brain, big head fashion. <laughs> I know how to like put together something, if that makes sense. Sure, sure. And I, to answer your question even more, I think most guys, like just a basic guy, mm. is gonna doesn't want to have to think about their style. Yeah. So they just pick a brand that they identify with and just go with yeah. that wow. for yeah. the rest of their life. Um, which I do do that. There are brands that I love, mm-hmm. but eventually you get to a point where, and nothing against older people. We all have great dads and granddads, but you get to a point, you don't want to look like your dad or granddad. Yeah. What they're wearing now, because you're like, I'm me, I'm young. I need to yeah. do something different. Yeah. There's a lot of merit in that. I think, cause there's so many decisions that people have to make throughout the day. Yeah. Yeah. throughout their lives and there's a lot of merit i think in just like clothes are not a decision that you want to make yeah that decision guys, especially if you get married you kind of just your wife buys you clothes every christmas and you just wear them yeah yeah i mean honestly like to a certain extent like i mean i wear a white t-shirt and black jeans like almost every single day of my life yeah but like the only things that i have like besides that like and i'm a white t-shirt like i'm fiend like i i I want to find the perfect white t-shirt i'm still in pursuit of that but on on top of that it's like like gracie and gracie's mom because gracie tells her mom what to get me get me like sweaters and sweatshirts and and whatever and that's what i wear like on top of my clothes or on top of my my uniform my norm core uniform as they call it but it is it is a fascinating thing it is fashion yeah Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Anytime. Hey, man. Andrew Sink, this was a good time. It was a good time having you on the on the pod. Sink, wow. you're you're a friend of the pod, and and we're happy about that. And I just want to let you know. And having you on, it's just a it's a good thing, man. I'm honored to be here. Yeah, man. I mean, let's do a little recap. What did we talk about today? We talked we talked about our upbringings a little we bit. Did. Mountain Brook, this part. Alabama. We talked about business for so long. Yeah, we yeah. did. That was fun. We talked about business for a long time. Myers was fascinated. So interested. Wow. Um, and fashion. And fashion. Some good Mountain times. Brook. Sports, business, fashion. Yeah. That's what we should call our podcast now. Word of mouth. Psych. Mountain Brook Sports, fashion, business. Honestly, we get some we get some listeners. I bet we, we never talked comedy. Maybe Dang it! Hey, there's always next time. Hey, that's right. Hey, once you're on as a guest, you can be on as a host. So, wow, you have to come host. You have to come if, host. If you hosted with Myers, who would you want your first guest to be? That's such a good question. I was about to say someone. Anyone in the world, or do we have to know him? What do we have to know him? No. Oh, actually, sorry. Yes, it has to be someone. It, it has to be someone we could literally get on. Yeah. They have to be a good conversationalist mm. to some extent mm. sure I'll think about it and when I figure it out <laughs> we're gonna bring him on I was gonna yeah. joke that we should bring Will Simmons oh <laughs> that'd be great Simmons would be Simmons would be that'd awesome be really to have funny. on a podcast he yeah, yeah, should have him he would I think he would smile a lot yeah Will Green would be good too oh my gosh that would be a chaotic that would be a podcast mad. 
It would have to be. It could. It could maybe just be like you and Will, or just me and Will. Like <laughs> we, like, we, we. I don't think it might be too much to have three people on with Will Green. Yeah, Will would make it absolute chaos. Yeah. Genuinely, it would be his goal. Anyways, hey, thanks for coming on. This is a great time. Absolutely. Talked about so many good things, and we got to talk to you about them. Gosh, that's what matters. So, I'm word of mouth episode five. Crazy. Wom. Adios. Wom. Wom. Welcome to the secret segment of the secret, podcast secret, where we talk about secret things on the secret segment. Secret. All right, today on our secret segment, I have the top three most addictive snacks. And I would love to hear y'all's thoughts. Addictive as in most the most because they can't stop eating nerds clusters no well i I think that definitely is part of it but a part of it is like with the science Mm. like oh i have my guess for number one what oreos wow i said nerds clusters it's definitely not that but that has been like a really common thing amongst people of our age recently i'm not gonna lie to you nerds clusters nor oreos are on this list cheetos cheetos are number four Mm. Number three, Reese's cups. That mm. is number two. Snickers. Isn't that crazy? Peanut butter cups are number two. Yeah. Snickers are not delicious. on it. Number three is oh. Right, we're gonna go with this song now. Okay. Um, number three, cookies. Chocolate chip cookies. Just cookies. Sorry, chocolate okay. chip cookies. We're going more general. Like apparently yeah, those are. Yeah, like peanut butter cups number two. So like this is specifically talking about like, oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. Nestle or like Toll House. Yeah. Or sorry. Potato chips. the same thing? Nestle or like Pillsbury. Potato chips are number 10. 10? Yeah. Dude. So it's Andrew, have you ever cookies. seen Steven eat chocolate chip cookies? No. <laughs> He'll make like a tray of those like little, what are they? Nestle ones? Nestle's the best in my opinion. The, the yellow ones. The like small ones. And no, 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 no. Just chocolate chip cookies. Oh, okay. He will eat them like chips. I will. I like legitimately like, could, I could down... 10 to 15 chocolate chip cookies with these. I can too. It's like, those are like, I genuinely think like, whatever the yellow in, I think it's Nestle. Nestle yeah. chocolate chip cookies, like little squares. House. Wait, Literally the, like, like honestly, death row meal, I might just get a freaking hot plate of those. I thought the same thing, just a dozen donuts. Krispy Kreme, I might eat that. Yeah, that'd be tasty. Doesn't matter. Doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter at that point. I'd rather go out with a headache. Mm. You know? Yeah. It doesn't matter if you have a headache. Yeah, you're gonna die. You ever think about how gluttony is just like overlooked completely? Yeah, I've yeah. never, I never really thought about that till yeah, the other day. Like, like, but at least I don't up. drink and then gorge themselves. Yeah. yeah, or like ah, tough day and they'll eat a bunch of ice cream, but then they're yeah. like, oh, I'm on time though. It's like, all right, well, mm. cheat days. Oh, why is that a thing? I don't know. All right, number one, Sour Patch Kids. Wow, most addictive snacks. I could have gotten there. I think. I don't really like Sour Patch Kids, so I don't get it, but yeah, that's what this My is. My candies of choice are like Nerds Clusters and Sour Patch Kids, probably. Cracker Jacks are number five, speaking of baseball. I don't know if I've ever 40s? had a Cracker Jack. Oh, Cracker Jacks are freaking good. No, it's new. Uh, Nacho Cheese Doritos, number six. I feel like y'all could have guessed that one. Yeah. Yeah. Cheese Puffs, number seven. Oh, I yeah. also think y'all could have guessed. I can't stop eating those. It once, once you eat your first, it's hard to stop mm-hmm. with Cheese Puffs. Uh, number eight, popcorn. Like like movie yeah. popcorn. Yeah. Again, that stuff is freaking... Pfft. 
Uh, and number nine is just chocolate mm. in Makes general. Sense. I feel like I that's kind it. of... Mi- is it Mr. Beast chocolate? Uh, <laughs> Beast. What are they Feastables. Feastables. No. No, it's... Fe- it's Oh, top bars. ten banned yeah. snacks. Here's a fun, like banned, like wait, flaming hot cheetos. M&Ms. Those are not banned. Kinder eggs again, not banned. Not you can banned. get that. Uh, number eight, oh, chocolate oh, milk. What banned, does this mean? Banned meaning like not allowed, not like you're playing music in a band. Yeah. I was thinking of band, like you're playing music in a band. I was like, backstage, you want M and M's before the show. Sort of thought that, but then I oh, was it like, has been unceremoniously banned in various locations. Mm. Nothing's banned in the U.S. They'll I was gonna any. say, yeah. So maybe this is like other countries or something. In Italy, tons of stuff is banned. Yeah, French fries, number seven. They didn't have. I might be wrong about this. I don't think that French fries when I went to Israel at McDonald's. They had a ton of McDonald's. Mm. They show that is one of the most things. the most fun one of the most fun things to do when you travel abroad is to go to the store and buy funny looking snacks. Just try them. Little mukbang, <laughs> soda, pizza. That's not true. And popcorn. Yeah, That's, pizza's banned. Yeah, this is not in this Republic. I like, this I like is a, top five questions like that. This is Listverse. Great website. I think we should have a segment called Lists. Yeah, listing up. List for you. What? Well, a top two list. Okay, come on. Can you name the top two land-owning entities on planet Earth? What? Well, can you give me an example of a land-owning entity? Alabama Power. <laughs> so, sure. That would be a group that owns land. So, it's not like the United States of America. So, the United States government, actually, the federal government doesn't own that much land. Probably yeah. Um, I actually do know this. China. No. What, what in China? Like the Chinese, Chinese the government Republic owns of a ton of, of land. People's it's actually Republic? not in the top two. It's probably mm. up there. Wow. Um, is Can I ask, is one of them a country? Neither of them are a country. Mm. Okay, he paused. That makes me wonder. One of them is not really a government, but a very powerful Ruling. I was gonna say, um, what's the uh, the public Rus- interest fund? Russian dude. Nope. It's not the PIF. The, nope. It was just not our own land. It's not a government. What is uh, what is the ruler of Russia's name? Putin. Putin. It's not him. Really? Russia's huge. Oh, uh, Warren so Buffett. Is it like? Is that what you're talking about? Nope. No. Is it, is it a figure like that or is it an organization? One of the number one is their figures. Oh, uh, the Rothschilds. Saudis? Nope, but you're getting a little warmer. Uh, Vanderbilts. No. Um, uh, Rockefellers. No, nope, you're on the right track, but you're going... Who am I... Who am I missing? Rothschilds? They're way more powerful. Kennedys? No. Who else is more powerful than them? Like, they were almost... Wait. <sighs> they Dang. were a ruling family. Oh, the royal family. The British royal family yeah. is the number one owner of land. Interesting. Of any entity in the world mm. with almost one-sixth of the habitable land. Wow. Because of the British Empire yeah. colonized like everything, and there's a lot of land that technically the British royal family owns. Mm. Wow. And number two is the Catholic Church. Oh, wow. frick. I should have known that. Because every single Catholic Church, Catholic school... They own the land. They own it. The Vatican owns Dang. the building and the land. Wow. Same with the Church of Christ. So And the, and and the Methodist Church. Uh, the Catholic Church 
He's the number one owner of real estate. Wow. In the world. Huh. It's crazy. Hey, gift that keeps on know. giving. I wonder where the wonder where the Catholic Church gets all their money from. Like where I've do they? Into the Vatican, and it is unbelievable. No one really knows how much money they have. But yeah, they're like one of the richest organizations. But I feel country. like I don't know. There she is. Hey, Gracie. Gracie's home from work. My wife. All right, guys. Well, that's the end of the secret segment, and that's that means it's the end of our podcast. Yep. So this podcast is over now. Thanks for sticking around, everybody. It's all ogre now. It's all ogre now. Thank you. Thank you for coming to the secret segment. This is the end of the podcast.